this is Liren Baker, and welcome to the Kitchen Confidant Podcast. Today, we're chatting with Zoe Francois. Based in Minneapolis, Zoe is a talented pastry chef, writer of the blog Zoe Bakes, prolific and best-selling cookbook author and star of her own cooking show, Zoe Bakes, on the Magnolia Network. I know that if I ever want sweet inspiration, all I need to do is pop onto Instagram and check out what she's baking. Her stories have me craving pavlovas and beautiful pies and give me confidence to try her recipes in my own kitchen. I am so excited to welcome Zoe to the podcast. Hey, Zoe. Hi. So nice to be here. Thanks. Oh my gosh. It's, I feel like I've been following you for forever. Um, of course, from your blog, but really, I think my first... Um, introduction to you was your bread baking book, The Artisan yeah. Bread Baking um, in Five Minutes a Day, which has become a Bible for me. So. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for that. Um, I always start by asking, what's the first thing you ever cooked and how old were you? Oh. Well, or baked? <laughs> um, the first thing that I remember baking was, we called it a puffy pancake, but it was a Dutch baby. Mm-hmm. And I lived in a commune and it was one of the other commune kids. And I um, threw a bunch of stuff into a pan and stuck it in the oven and blew it up. And oh. it was awesome. I mean, I, I think it was more the blowing it up that was intriguing to me than actually having something to eat at the end. Um, but we, you know, I think we poured... Vermont maple, because we were in Vermont, we poured Vermont maple syrup on it and um, I was hooked. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like such an adventure. And it was like, for me, I think that was the beginning of like being fascinated by the process and the fact that I got to eat something sweet at the end. And you made it yourself. And I made it. And we were like seven or eight. So that was a long time ago. (laughs) So you grew up on a commune. I I have to learn more about that because I think that's a very unique way to grow up in Vermont. No, I mean, it's just a beautiful, you grew up in a beautiful state. Um, So I'd love to learn a little bit more about that and what life was like. Well, it was, um, you know, Vermont was one of the many stops. So um, my parents were young in the 60s and uh, sort of having the quintessential late 60s seeker lifestyle. <laughs> so we were we went from commune to commune, from Vermont to California. And um, it was, you know, it's so interesting because it was my childhood. So I don't have really that much to compare it to. Um, mm-hmm. So it seemed normal to me. But then when I say it, people are like, jaws drop. You know, they're like, what? What was that? Well, so, I think people imagine granola yeah. and really like Oh, yeah. Lots of crunchy. granola. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, and they're absolutely right. There was lots of granola, lots of homemade bread. Um, you know, we grew all of our own food. We raised bees. We, you know, tapped trees for maple syrup. It was very, it was all, especially the one in Vermont, it was all self-sustained. My dad was the uh, gardener. Um, we raised our own animals for food and uh, we, we actually uh, took um, water, like uh, glass jugs down to a stream for our water. There were outhouses. I mean, it was oh, wow. really, it was like, um, it was pretty rustic, 
Yeah. Um, and so that was like my first real introduction to food and there was no sugar and, um, you know, so that came later. So granola and, and dried fruit and, uh, maple syrup was probably the closest thing I ever got to sugar. Uh, when I was on the commune. <laughs> yeah, you tell a story about your first introduction to, you know, the world of sugar and that uh -huh. Twinkie. Can you tell yes. everyone that story? Because I think it's yes. so funny. Yes. Um, well, that was, that was the uh, brilliance of going to school, finally, was the introduction to other people's lunchboxes. <laughs> <laughs> And seeing like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, seeing that everybody didn't eat, you know, granola and homemade bread and freshly ground peanut butter and banana sandwiches, which, which is, frankly sounds so much better to yeah, me. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, like today, <laughs> I am so all about that. Yeah. But you know, you get to school and you see this like squishy cylindrical cake filled with this mysterious white fluffiness and it's sweet beyond like belief. And it's the most miraculous thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> I mean, today I tried, I, you know, when I was writing my cake book, I try, I have a Twinkie recipe in there because that's where it all started. And so I bought a Twinkie and I was like, I can't believe I ever like really <laughs> fell for this. <laughs> I, I mean, it oh still has gosh. like this, you know, romantic story for me, but uh, mine is better. <laughs> I'm sure yours is incredible. I can't even compare the two. Yeah, like, you know, that's oh a my. bold statement. No, but I, I bet you're right. And there's also something about the, like the nostalgic foods because you will like, I know like, I will get something. Oh, I remember the McRib came out again recently. Yeah. And we, I haven't been to McDonald's in like, I don't know, 10 years. But, and my husband was like, well, we have to try it. I remember it being amazing. And so he takes my son, they come back. I'm like, well, and they're like, eh. Right. <laughs> I know all of these things that we had. And I don't know if it's that they've changed or that our palates have changed. But, yeah. you know, but there is this like you know, soft spot in my heart for Twinkies. So I do love them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, so what brought you to the world of food? How did that begin? Well, I think that the journey started with those two things, you know, the, the sort of experimenting in the kitchen and then this like love of sugar because I didn't have it. <laughs> so you always <laughs> want things you can't have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had to learn how to bake if I wanted that stuff. My mom nor my dad were particularly fond of the kitchen. <laughs> um, and so, you know, if I wanted that, I had to figure out how to make it myself. And I, I remember um, I also wasn't a great student. Like academics weren't where I excelled. So I remember falling in love with home ec. I don't think they call it that anymore, but it was the class where we did like wood shop and, um, and cooking and sewing. And those were the classes where I really sort of, you know, the craft, mm -hmm. um, I excelled in those classes and especially with the food. And I remember discovering time life books and, and my world opened up in terms of being introduced to different types of cuisine. So it wasn't, um, just hamburgers and, you know, or, or the things that, 
um, were local to me. It was right. like this whole world of food, French food. And I remember the first um, thing that I made out of a Time Life book was um, chocolate mousse. Oh. And it said to add um, coffee to the chocolate. And so I didn't know. So I just took the grounds and dumped <laughs> it in there and stirred it all up. And it was a gritty, terrible mm. mess. And you're like, mousses are gross. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like clearly I had done something wrong because they had described the texture was supposed to be silky and satiny mm -hmm. and smooth and I had anything but. Uh, so I tried it again with brewed coffee and um, it was awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. But so that was, you know, through the home ec and, you know, that was really my introduction to trying new things. Um and of course, you know, that was also the time that Julia Child was on PBS and I was absolutely addicted to her show, um, mm -hmm. partly because the same thing. She was introducing me to these foods I'd just never seen before, but also because she was such a character right. um, and made it all just look so fun and, and doable. Well, Julia, I mean, I grew up on watching, I, would, I remember like writing and doing my homework in front of the TV yeah, watching Julia Child, awesome. like so, she's iconic. So yeah, how could you not absolutely. help but be inspired? No, right. I think we all are in some way, even if we don't know it, you know, it's like her, she brought all these techniques to, um, you know, to the American household. So all of us yeah. are. So at one point you started Zoe's Cookies because I oh, remember yeah. you posted a photo of the uh, that cart yeah. that your husband, well, boyfriend at the time, I believe, yeah, right, made for right. you? Yes, yes. Do you still have that cart? Oh, I don't. It's oh. so sad. So I donated the cart to, I have two half brothers um, who are 15 and 17 years younger than me, and I donated it to their school so that they could do fundraisers with it. And it just, I don't know whatever happened to it. I still have the sign that my husband painted. Um, and so I do have, you know, that piece of it and I have photos of it, but I know I really wish I had that guy <laughs> still. Um, but yeah, so he built me, I was in college um, and I was taking a business class and they said, write a, um, a business plan for a fictional company. And so mm -hmm. I wrote one based on a cookie company because I don't know if you remember Mrs. Fields but it I was do. like this gourmet cookie that was super hot mm -hmm. in the 80s and 90s and um, so I wrote this business plan and I'm like well this sounds like a whole lot more fun than school and so I quit school for a semester and opened that company Wow! and um, I sold a bunch of cookies I made some money which is actually pretty good for your first year in, a, yeah. and it was a cookie card. It wasn't, you know, even brick and mortar. So, you know, I considered it a success. Um, and, you know, I went back to school and graduated and, um, did all, it didn't seem like a, it just seemed like a nice experiment, a project, but again, it was like, I, I loved every second of it. And then when I went back to school and I was following my career plans, I wasn't as happy. <laughs> so, what were the plans? If um, Well, I, I was, well, there weren't, weren't a whole lot of plans. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it's hard when you're young. I think we expect <laughs> too much of our college-aged kids. Yeah, I mean, like, how I are you supposed to know? I always thought. I mean, I went to boarding school and I went to college, and I always thought I would go into business of some sort and um, work in an office. I mean, that was partly again out of rebellion because my parents were such hippies. My mom was a dancer. My dad was doing whatever he was doing. <laughs> Gardening. <laughs> um, he did eventually go into publishing, but you know, when I was a little kid, I didn't see anybody sitting in an office. Those were like, that wasn't my experience. Polly's um, not, it's so fascinating. <laughs> yeah. And so I wanted to be in an office. At least that's what I thought I wanted. Mm -hmm. um, it was not meant to be. I tried it. I was too restless. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, I, I, I think that it's wonderful that you gave into those whimsies and that you even took a semester off to give that a try. I think that's really brave. A lot of kids would not do that, you know, and yeah, or, or grownups for that matter. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do think that part of my alternative lifestyle growing up, mm -hmm. um, gave me some freedom in terms of thinking outside the box. You know what I mean? Because I didn't have, like I just said, I didn't have the expectation that I would go through life in a certain way. And so um, it was, it was even scary for me to try that stuff, but it didn't feel, um, I didn't feel constrained to just go linearly through school. I felt like I could like, try these other things. I had a lot of support to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, that makes it so much better. Yeah. What brought you to culinary school? Well, okay, so I did eventually graduate from college um, with an art, uh, fine arts and English major. Which is perfect for you now. Which you is perfect it, right? for me now, but everybody was like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> um, and I did eventually find myself in an ad agency, which was a decent place for me to be. Like it seemed creative and it seemed like this would be a good fit for me. Um, but I found myself in a cubicle and, you know, because I was so new at it, I wasn't getting to do entirely creative things. Um, and I didn't have the patience to see it through. And so I would come home stressed out from that experience and bake, bake, bake. And my husband actually suggested culinary school. He's like, you know, this could be just what you do. You don't have to just come home after hating your job <laughs> to do it. So yeah. I have to give him credit. He was the first one to really suggested. And so I did, I, I went, I was living in Minneapolis at the time and I went to, um, the CIA or the Culinary Institute mm -hmm. of America in New York. Um, and you know, because I was older, I, I was there for very specific things. Like I knew exactly what I wanted and, um, it was really the food science. It's like, I didn't quite understand why the recipes weren't always working out. And it was because I didn't understand how things went together and really understand the nature of each type of ingredient. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so once I felt like I had a bit of a handle on it, um, I took a job. So I didn't actually even graduate from the program. I like wanted in a restaurant. I wanted to be in the kitchen. Um, I don't, I think if I had it to do again, um, maybe I would have stayed the whole time, but it, it worked out pretty well. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> well, you got your hands-on experience and yeah. you, you found a job and mm -hmm. I guess that just paved the path for everything that you're doing now. Yeah. Okay. So quickly, the new artisan bread in five minutes a day has yes. become a Bible for me, a Bible for many. I just have to touch on this really quickly. The pandemic and all the bread baking, did yes. people rediscover it? Did they, you know, did they reach out to you every day with questions? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that it was some, some people rediscovered, like got introduced again into bread baking. Like they, they figured out that they had some time now to do it. But I would say a lot of people entered into it for the first time. Like mm -hmm. there were a lot of people who had never baked a loaf of bread before, who all of a sudden had the time to sort of dive into a craft that they thought that they were intimidated by. And then a lot of people realized how, um, one easy bread can be and two, how soothing and joyful mm -hmm. it can so be. So therapeutic. Yeah. It's so therapeutic. And I think the beauty of what happened, especially around bread baking is that what, I mean, when we wrote that book in 2005 and then it came out in 2007, people were terrified of bread baking. And I think it was yeast and the time commitment. So we really had to work at educating people. And during the pandemic, um, people came willingly and with open hearts and open minds about it. So they really wanted it. Um, it was awesome. I mean, I loved seeing just on Instagram, it was like this explosion of not only yeast breads, but people sourdough. were diving straight into sourdough. Right? I mean, and that was like a conversation I couldn't have even had when we first wrote the book. Like, okay, we're going to start here. And it was like baby steps. And it's a little bit like a gateway into bread baking. Um, and now people are just like dive headfirst into the whole thing. And I love it. Yeah, I, I was really impressed, you know, because I have killed sourdough starters before. And so <laughs> the fact that people are able yeah. to make their own starter yes. and make a beautiful loaf out of it, I was mm -hmm. very impressed. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was super fun to watch. And then you wrote Zoe Bakes. Uh -huh. How different was that process from the bread books? Well, Zoe Bakes Cakes was the first uh, book that I had done solo. So mm -hmm. Jeff Hertzberg and I did all of the bread books together. We actually have another one coming out in a couple of weeks. Oh, yay. yeah. The best of. And, um, so Jeff and I had been working on those books for like 12 years and we have, this will be our ninth one together. Wow. So this was my first solo book. And, you know, as much as I love bread baking, um, pastry has always been 
my first love. And so I always knew I would come back to it, but the bread books sort of had, it was like a freight train. You know, it had a life of its own. It swept me away. I was able to do it and be home with my boys, which Mm -hmm. was just awesome. Uh, But my boys are now 20 and 22. um, And I really wanted um, to dive into doing the pastry stuff. And, and then also Instagram happened and I really found, um, my voice in terms of like how I wanted to teach and what I felt like people were gravitating towards or, or what information they wanted and needed to feel more confident. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I have, the cake book, which is out now. And that is, you know, each of the recipes stands alone. And some of them are like one bowl, easy, just stir it and dump it into a pan. And then I also go into more technique and I actually end the book with a wedding cake. So it's like, you can go ultimate. Yeah. It's like the easy, super easy recipes. Or if you want to learn technique, I even have the um, cake Academy, which was just like, that's where I get to geek out and put all the things that I've ever learned in restaurants and culinary school and put them in one place for people that want it. So some people are going to read through that and lots and lots have, or they're just going to skip over it and go straight to the recipes. Either way is perfect. Um, and I, so I'm going to do this as a series. The next one will be cookies, mm. which is going right back to Zoe's cookies from when I was in college. So that's, you know, that seems like the natural next step. Um, Yeah. So I'm just, I'm having a blast. I love it. It was a little bit um, of a switch from writing with someone to doing it on my own. Um, But this one, you know, as you noticed, it's like, these are my stories. These are my family recipes. And there's just a little bit more of me in all of these books. Right. I feel like the bread books were very technical, but this is much more personable. And it is, it's definitely an extension of you. Just how I feel like you have blossomed on Instagram, like the way you do your stories. That's why I feel like your new show is the perfect fit for you because you have the personality, you have so much knowledge that you can share. So how did that project come about? Well, um, it, what, it, I think it came from Instagram to be perfectly honest. Probably. So, you know, that like you were saying, my, the Instagram stories came because I was posting my, um, desserts and pastries and breads on my thing and people were liking them, but nobody was making them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is, you know, as a recipe writer, we want people to make the recipes. It's like, you know, the pictures are, are great, but, uh, we want to see people use the recipes. And so somebody asked me a question and I made a quick video and like, dozens of people made the recipe. And I realized, oh, if I just show them how quick and easy this is, like just share some of the tips and techniques and tricks that I know, mm-hmm. people were doing it. And so I did these videos and it was all hands and music. None of my face, none, not even talking. I was just showing. And it was great. But then the pandemic 
came and I really felt a sense I was home by myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, my family was here, but I really felt a need to connect to people in a different way. Um, and so I do started doing Instagram lives and I started doing videos where it was me, not just my hands. And it connected me to my community in a much, much different way. Um, and a couple of uh, production companies approached me and asked me if I would be interested in doing a show. And so I did what's called a sizzle. It's like a little, mm-hmm. little real. Uh, I guess an audition. Yeah. Um, and then I found out that the Magnolia Network was coming. And I said, that's the place for me because I really feel like Chip and Joanna have a similar like love affair with their craft. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like it's really about the craft and they're super passionate and super intense about it, but also make it fun. And that's a very similar philosophy that I feel for what I'm doing. And so we sent it to them and people kept liking it. That's amazing. Um, And amazingly enough, they decided to do it. So here I am. Um, wow. Yeah. So was this it was, happening like mid pandemic? Like, yes, oh we were my shooting goodness. during the pandemic. So it was all, um, and in Minneapolis. So there was mm-hmm. a lot more than, than pandemic to deal with because we also had, um, you know, George Floyd was murdered during that time. And that's not so far from where I live. And so it was a very, emotional time in Minneapolis. Um, and it, I have to say, I'm getting goosebumps. Um, I have to say that it made making the show all that more, um, intense. And I feel like, um, even like made me want to show the world, um, my city and introduce them to this community and, you know, it's got its issues, but it's also just the most amazing food place and, you know, the culture that's grown up around baking. Mm -hmm. Uh, The city was built on baking. And so um, it was a really intense time and and felt very um, almost intimate. Right. I can, um, yeah, I can so, only imagine. Yeah. It was I, really, it was really um, a beautiful experience for me. I loved, I loved making the show. It felt really good to me. Well, I have to admit to you, cause I used to be a cooking show junkie way back in the day and yeah. I haven't really watched a cooking show in a long time. And I just yeah. think that a lot of the other networks have kind of gone a different direction with the way their shows are. Oh, so yeah. your show, yeah. I found myself binge watching. Oh. Because first of all, it's beautifully done. Oh, it's great. so calming and peaceful. Um, and it, But what I love too is that I feel like I'm taking a masterclass with you oh. with every episode because you share so many tips, so many yeah. tricks. Like you are a, a perfect teacher. What oh, I also love great. too is how you how you do incorporate Minneapolis and your neighbors. How do they feel uh, <laughs> being part of your show? <laughs> they were such good sports about it. They were really the only person that I could not convince to be on the show is my husband. 
<laughs> right. I was going to say, so I, I, I quickly saw your husband before we started. Yes. I'm like, that's what he looks like. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. He's so shy and he has been like such an amazing support for me. And he is my absolute foundation. We just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, but he flat out refuses the the director and and all of the cameramen used to try to like sneak him in (laughs) but he was like too stealthy he wouldn't do it but my neighbors were great sports I mean I have a very tight uh block like we do all kinds of parties together and they're just dear friends of mine so um so they were ge- super generous and I think they really loved it. They hope I get another season so they can be on again. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers I hope crossed. so. How long did it take to shoot the season? Um, that season took about a month and a half. Um, okay. Yeah. And so um, because I was so new, you know, I was, I don't know. I, I don't have anything to compare it to. So right. I don't know if that's a long time. Is that good? Or, Is that bad? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Um, but it was, you know, because we did the field trips to go visit the bakeries or the orchards or, you know, to really spend some time with these folks, uh, which I loved about the whole production is that they really let me spend some time with these people. It wasn't like a quick five minutes in and out. I spent the day with these people. So it was super awesome. I really hope we get to do more. I hope so. Well, you're so good at it. Okay. We have to talk quickly about rhubarb. So your first episode is about rhubarb, which... So one of my best friends from grad school was from Minnesota. She's the one who introduced me to rhubarb (laughs) and rhubarb cake and all her grandma's recipes. I love it so much. So thank you for sharing that. And I love what you said. You said you called it the cilantro of the dessert world. (laughs) Yeah, because some people just like so you know, have such strong feelings about it. And it's like, why? (laughs) Why don't you like it? I don't get it. I think it's awesome. I love it. Um, But yeah, people, I'm out to convert people. So (laughs) well, I'm hoping that there's going to be, you know, a whole lot more rhubarb lovers out there. But also what I, um, what I've discovered is like Southerners haven't tried rhubarb because you can't grow rhubarb Mm. without a frost. So it's a Northern um, it's a Northern plant. And so there's just a lot of people out there, um, who just never tried it before. Oh, I totally get it. Well, thank goodness for frozen rhubarb. Well, that's right. So I'm thinking, you know, I have now from the show because my dad planted like five rhubarb plants. Are they (laughs) growing like crazy? Now rhubarb. (laughs) So maybe I'll start freezing it and shipping it to people. There you go. That's the next the next phase of the business. Exactly. The right. rhubarb revolution. It's <laughs> awesome. Yes. Um, it's coming. So your neighbors are tickled. What about your sons? Like, how yeah. do they feel about that whole thing? And are they handy in the kitchen? Do they bake as well? Well, um, Charlie, my youngest, who's now 20, when he was 12, he started a scone business. And he would text um, our friends and family and tell them what he was going to bake, take orders. And then the next morning, he'd wake up at like five in the morning and bake. And then... <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> and then he'd fall asleep and I would stand there and hand them out and talk to people when they came um, and collect his money. That's so sweet. hilarious. <laughs> um, he was so adorable and really good. And my favorite part of this, I probably shouldn't say this, but I said, so what recipe are you going to use? Assuming it would be one of mine. And he said, uh, no, I'm going to use this woman's because they always work. And I'm like, ah, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. And it was Julia Child. So uh, I was like, oh, well, okay. you know. Can't do, I can't yeah. or, I can't argue with that, right? So yeah, so he made Julia Childs. He did use some of my recipes for it, but I, you know, kids got good taste. What can I say? Aww. And then Henry, my eldest, um, other than pizza, because he, I can't believe I'm about to say this, that one of my children is not all about sweets. He likes the savory better. Mm -hmm. So he got really into pizza when we when I was make when I was doing the pizza book. But otherwise he just likes to eat. He was not as much in the into being in the kitchen until the pandemic. Uh -huh. So he started baking with me. We did, he started a YouTube channel called Baking with My Mother. Oh, no kidding. Because he was living at home with us. Yeah, and so, yeah. oh my God, it was like such a gift to me because what 22-year-old is going to do that with their mom unless they're stuck at home? And right. so I know it was just such a crazy, crazy time in the world. Um, and I feel like we really... Um, made some beautiful moments and memories in during that crazy time. So I'm super grateful um, that we had that time together and that he got interested in being in the kitchen because now he's quite a cook. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And how, fun. yeah, I, I totally understand what you mean about just having that extra time with your kids, especially like I, like my oldest just left for college. So now I'm like, oh, oh you know, yeah. I'm so grateful that we were all kind of stuck together for the year before so that, you know, we had that extra time. To, but at the same time, it makes it harder to say goodbye when they leave yeah. for school. Yeah. So well, what's I'm ready. Oh, <laughs> ready. <laughs> well, you have things to do. You're busy. <laughs> as long as they come back and are willing to be on the show, which they yeah. were. Like during the show, Charlie came back from college. He would come back for the weekend and, and do the show with me. Um, so I really, I hope if we get do another season that they'll come back and, and bake with me again. It was so much fun. Oh, well, I cannot wait for another season. Fingers crossed. What else is next for you? You mentioned your other books coming out. Yep. I have, um, I have the cookie book. Uh, I have a deadline coming up for that. So, but that won't be out for uh, another year almost, I think. Well, that's good. Um, you need time. Yes. Yes. I don't I know like how you to take do everything. <laughs> I like to do a deep dive on these things. So I do take my time. Um, I do workshops for the Magnolia network as well. Um, and those are really fun too, because they're like a deep dive into a certain subject. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm working on some of those and, um, there's, I just have lots of projects going on and, um, but the books in the show are really, and, and then of course, you know, I think, um, working on my website and I did just start a newsletter so okay. I can, you know, get 
even more recipes and stuff out there. So I, I'm just, you know, I'm staying very, very busy and loving every second of it. I feel oh, super lucky. I really admire how you're able to accomplish so much with your time. <laughs> it's incredible. I could just talk to you about that. But before I let you go, I just have some closing questions. Mm-hmm. So what's something that you make when you're too tired to cook and you just need an emergency go-to meal? Oh, wow. Okay. An emergency go-to meal. Well, oh my goodness. This is going to sound so weird. It's okay. It's. I've heard many weird things. Have you? <laughs> yes. Okay. This is going to be the weirdest maybe. Um, and this is something I've been making since college. And this maybe comes from like my hippie background, but miso soup with tofu and popcorn. <laughs> Popcorn. I'm like, okay, that doesn't sound weird. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. Wow. It's even weirder because it has the popcorn has amino acid, like liquid aminos, uh-huh. and uh, and brewer's yeast on it. So this is such a hippie oh Vermont gosh. thing. Oh, so well, okay. I know <laughs> the question. Right? I got you. I so, said it would be the weirdest thing you've ever heard of. <laughs> Okay, so let's start with the popcorn. Like you, the seasoning part, I get. Was that just something that you guys would snack on on the commune, and then you decided one day, oh, I'm going to pop it into my soup, or like how did that? Yeah, go? it's kind of like um, <laughs> I can't believe I went there with you. I no, no, I'm glad you did. That before <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like. Um, I'm going to try this too. That's no, no, no. It's, you know how people throw like oyster crackers into soup? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's just popcorn. Okay. I will try it. You don't need to try it because- it's, No, I want I to. I don't, because you'll probably hate it and think I'm the weirdest person. <laughs> I've always this wanted to do- will not be making it onto my show, by the way. <laughs> I think you should. I've always wanted to do like an- do you, I don't know if you remember, there was a show called Oddities. It yeah. was- weird but I wanted to do a food version of oddities because I think everyone has like that weird thing that they eat and so that would make it on the show well now you know (laughs) yeah oh my gosh what's the one recipe that you treasure the most well um I don't know because I'm very fickle when it comes to it I'm so like in I'm so easily impressed by like what I see at the grocery store or at the farmer's market or on Instagram so I'm like you know, as uh, probably after this conversation, you get that um, I don't have much of an intent and attention span. So I'm like always trying new things. But my comfort food is spaghetti and meatballs. Uh, that's a good like, one to have. Yeah. It's like whenever I'm like just fried, that always brings me total comfort. Mm. Are you a messy cook or a neat cook? And I see what we see you on TV, but let's let's talk real life. <laughs> oh, I, I should take a picture of my kitchen right now. Well, okay, so I usually have like so many things going at once. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm both. Like I'm I make a tremendous mess and then I clean it up to start the next thing. Like I Got can't it. like I can't live in the chaos for very long, mm-hmm. but I do create quite a chaotic situation. (laughs) (laughs) But I also, you know, I do have to have everything just so, so like when, like I, the beginning of my book of Zoe Bakes Cakes talks about mise en place, which Mm -hmm. is putting everything in its place. 
So I will sort of make a mess getting all of those ingredients together. But then before I start actually assembling my recipe, all that mess will go away. Mm-hmm. And it will be just me and the mixer and my beautiful mise en place. Very good. I can imagine that. <laughs> What's a good kitchen tip? And I know you have many. Oh, oh, just in general. Just in general. Well, I would have to say one thing that I sort of took for granted, but is something that people get very excited about is homemade vanilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Um, it takes a while. It's super, super easy. It's just two ingredients. I use vodka, but you can use other alcohols. Lots of people have told me about the other alcohols, but I like vodka because it doesn't impart much flavor. So just vodka and a ton of vanilla beans and you let them basically stew together. You just Mm -hmm. let them, you know, sit but it can take months for them really to intensify. But the reason that I like it is because you also get the flex of actual vanilla seed into your recipe. So um, I always have a, I always have multiple bottles of it because um, they're sort of like, you know, I'll use one and then I'll restore one by just adding more vodka and more beans. And so I always use that. Okay. I have to ask you, because I love making homemade vanilla too. I think it's it's a great like gift too, if you're for excellent hostess gift or holiday. But I want to know, since you have so many bottles, like how old is your oldest bottle of vanilla? Well, um, uh, it was a shame because I I left the original one at a restaurant that I was working at. So I started this like way, way, way back in probably the nineties. Um, but the one that I have, uh, the oldest one that I have at home is from like around 2012. And so I just keep adding more vodka, more bean. I have one bottle that I can't get a single bean into it because it has too many in there. Like it's too (laughs) stuffed with beans. So I just keep adding vodka. (laughs) Um, and eventually I'll just have to give it up because I will have used all the seeds and you know, the all the flavor like, yeah. will be done with it, but it's too, I can't part with it. It's too beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then every Friday I try to share five little things, something that made me smile during the week. Was there anything that made you smile this week? Um, well, many things. Um, let's see. <laughs> um, That's okay. This is so like weird and simple, but um, those are the best things. I know, I know, but this <laughs> is just gonna seem so mom. Is um, talking to Charlie when he got to school. So, you know, it's like, like I said, we had this like super intense time together, and then he went back to school and he's doing great, you know, and but it's like letting them go and do their own thing. Um, But then when they call, it's super nice. Oh my God. I totally relate. I'm trying not to track my daughter on my phone and I'm trying to not like text her every two seconds. So when they do call and FaceTime, it's so nice. (laughs) I know it's really, I know it seems so, um, so weird, but yeah. 
Yeah. No, it's uh, it's great. It's great. I mean, I love the fact that he's doing his thing and happy out there in the world, but I do love it when they touch base. <laughs> yeah. That would make anyone's day. Yeah. Zoe, I loved chatting with you. Where can people find you and the show and your books and all oh, the good things? Um, well, I'm always on Instagram, so they can find me at Zoe Bakes on Instagram and everywhere else, social media at Zoe Bakes. Uh, my website is zoebakes.com. And the show is Zoe Bakes on the Magnolia Network, which is also on Discovery Plus. So basically, Zoe Bakes, wherever you land, you're um, taking over the world. Find me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was so much fun. Thank you. I Thank really you too. It. I appreciate it. I'm so glad you were able to join us on this episode of Kitchen Confidant. Thank you again to Zoe Francois for joining us today. I seriously just want to run to the kitchen and bake something now. I just love how her passion for baking is so infectious. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate it and share it with a friend and join us again next time. Until then, happy cooking. <laughs>